As a nation, we're living through a time of great transition. In 2022, the 70-year-long reign of Queen Elizabeth II came to an end. We now have a new king on the throne. In some respects, this is a strange time. Charles is king. He ascended to the throne the moment his mother died. Yet he's not formally coronated until next May. This is then a time of anticipation. How a reign begins often sets the tone for what is to come. Charles will want to get this absolutely right. There is much planning and preparation going on as he waits for his big day. I wonder what your expectations are for Charles III. Maybe you're hopeful. This is a new king with a passion for the environment and social issues. Maybe you're a little more pragmatic. You expect things to continue in much the same way as they were. For Charles to follow in his mother's footsteps. And that will be for good or bad, depending on your view of the monarchy. There are many opinions out there, but there is one thing that I have not heard from anyone. I have not heard anyone say that they expect Charles to fix the problems that we are experiencing. Even the most ardent monarchist does not expect Charles to solve the Russia-Ukraine conflict. We do not expect him to fix the cost of living crisis or the ongoing repercussions of a global pandemic. We do not expect him to put the climate right or house all the refugees or heal the poor mental health of up to a third of our young people. I have not heard anyone say that Charles will achieve these things because we know they're all above and beyond him. Somehow, deep down, we know that they are above and beyond any human being. So we have a new king. He stands in a long tradition. He's the next step in an ancient history. But none of us really place our hope in him for the future. And if we're truly honest, hope is what we're all searching for at this challenging time. But the understandable shortcomings of Charles only serve to highlight why Christians celebrate Christmas with such exuberance each year. Indeed, this is precisely why we hold carol services like this one and try to proclaim the good news for all to hear. For at Christmas, we celebrate the arrival of a new king. And he too stands in a long tradition, is the next step in an ancient history but this king, this one king, will radically change the future. This king will fix the world's problems. This king truly can bring hope to even the darkest of lives, including mine and yours this evening. 2,700 years ago, God's people were going through a really difficult time. Their land had been plunged into war, division, poverty and injustice. Just look at the words Isaiah, a prophet who lived at that time, used to describe it. Words like gloom, distress, darkness. 
2,700 years ago, sadness and fear were a daily reality for many people, just as they are for many people today. But into this difficulty, God makes a great promise through the prophet Isaiah, a promise that comes direct to ordinary people, just like me and you. The promise was for light. Indeed, for a great light to shine. A light with the power to illuminate the darkest of lives. Isaiah wrote, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Be it from being awoken in the middle of the night, or from walking down an intimidating back alley, we all know the difference that light can make when it starts to shine in a dark place. Light brings comfort to us. It makes us feel safe. It cheers our souls. Everything feels better in the light. It really is transformative. The wonderful news of the Bible is that God is always with us. Therefore, God knows all of our fears. He's familiar with all of our sadnesses. God understands our sufferings and he's moved by them. God loves us so much he yearns to bring relief. When God sees the darkness of our lives, his overwhelming desire is to turn on the light. In the days of Isaiah, God promised his people living in darkness that he would send them a light that would change everything forever. So in what form would that light come? Well, God said it would come through a new birth. Isaiah sings out with excitement, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. Any parent who's had a child, or anyone who's watched loved ones who are expecting theirs, knows the hope that a new baby brings. New birth is a beautiful, miraculous moment. It's an event that changes not just the lives of the parents, but the family, friends, and close community of the new baby as well. But this child that Isaiah foresees is no ordinary child. The next thing we learn about him is that this is a child born to be a king. Isaiah says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. A little later, he describes him as the king who will reign on David's throne. Now, the people of Isaiah's day would have known well what to expect from that description. They knew what kings generally did, and they particularly knew what David had been like. King David was Israel's greatest king, the one everyone still talked about. David was known to love his people and brought great success and prosperity to the country he conquered their greatest foes. Yes, David made many mistakes in his life. You might have heard of some of them. But each time he was humble enough to confess them and return back to God. So he was known as a godly king, a good king, a king who blessed his people. The people listening to Isaiah's words would have been quite happy to take another king in the line of David. 
I guess it's the same as many people today hoping that Charles will be a little bit like his mother. It's a good ideal to follow. So this was a good start. The announcement of a new king in the line of David coming to help the people in their time of distress. But Isaiah foresaw something else. Something very important. This child to be born would be king, but he would be king unlike any other. Why? Because this king would be more than human. This king would be God. Isaiah continues, to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now they are stellar titles. We know instinctively that they are not human titles. Any human being who claimed those things for themselves would be arrogant in the extreme. We'd run away from them, thinking them either mad or bad. But for this child, this new king on the way, these titles would fit. So in a time of darkness, Isaiah announces light, light in the form of a new king. A king who stood in a long history of all God's plans and purposes from the past. A king from the line of David. But a king who'd be entirely and radically new. He would be God on earth. Now none of us can really take in what that means. For God to contract himself to a human being. That is the miracle of Christmas. And it will always be something of a mystery but in the absence of full understanding, Isaiah works hard to explain to his contemporaries what this new king will achieve. And in his ongoing prophecy, he starts using terms that we're all familiar with. Every Christmas, we tell the story of the coming of this new king. I wonder how well those of us here tonight really know him. Let's have a look with Isaiah to see the essentials that we really need to grasp. They should all sound like very good news. First of all, Isaiah says, this new king will bring peace. Indeed, he is the prince of peace. And of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. We know that this prophecy was fulfilled in Jesus 700 years later, the miracle came to be. These words cannot possibly be for anyone else. But that said, a baby born into poverty seems like a very unlikely king, doesn't it? What kind of king gets laid in an animal feeding trough? And a baby who grows up to be a man crucified on a cross seems an unlikely king. What kind of king dies as a despised prisoner or slave? The kingdom of God is truly unlike any other. And that's because it's designed to achieve something far greater than any other. It is designed to achieve peace. If we're honest, peace is what we all long for. Peace with ourselves. Peace with each other. 
Peace with God. Peace within our communities. Peace between nations. Peace within all creation. And the Bible says that only Jesus could bring this peace because it's rooted in forgiveness. Only Jesus could bring this peace because it depends on the presence of God to calm our deepest anxieties. Only Jesus could bring this peace because it requires a level of unity unknown to diplomats or human ambassadors, a unity found only in family. Through faith in Jesus, the world can finally be made one family. And when that happens, heaven draws near. Isaiah says that this new king will bring peace. Second, Isaiah says that this new king will bring security. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it from that time on and forever. Things in this world can seem very fragile and uncertain, can't they? Sometimes we're even a little fearful to turn on the news because we're not quite sure we can take in another disaster. Trouble can really overwhelm us at times. But nothing can overwhelm the kingdom of this coming king. Nothing will defeat King Jesus. Now admittedly it does not always feel like that. In the 2,000 years since his birth there seems to have been many setbacks. And we cannot today always see how God is working his plans and purposes out. But we know that he is. It took 700 years for Isaiah's prophecy to be fulfilled. 700 years of silence and darkness. But God was working behind the scenes, faithfully keeping his word and doing what was necessary. And the same is true today. We can be sure that our world is only going to one place. One day God's kingdom will be all there is. It will be fully installed the day Jesus returns. And as we wait for that day to come, we can know security and assurance. So much so we can even discover joy in the toughest experiences of our lives. This is not wishful thinking. Anyone who has seen Jim McNulty in the last week or so will know the truth of what I am saying. Isaiah says in the new king, we find security for the whole of life and even in the face of death. So peace and security. Next, Isaiah turns to justice. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. One translation of that verse says, his rule will be based on what is fair and right and will last forever. The new king is going to bring justice. You know, we all long for justice. Deep down, this desire is inbuilt into every one of us. Justice is essential to us. We cannot rest without it. And why are we like this? Because the Bible says that we're made in the image of God. And God is intrinsically just. The baby that Isaiah foresaw grew up to demonstrate what justice looks like. Jesus treated everyone well. 
And that list includes women, the disabled, the mentally distressed, foreigners, outcasts, children. He also demonstrated justice when it was required. He overturned the tables of those who were exploiting the poor. Jesus demonstrated to us all how to live a just life. But the Bible also says that this same Jesus is coming back. And when he comes, he will sit on his throne as king and judge the world. He will see that justice is done. All will be held to account. All will be put right. Sin and evil will be removed forever and justice will reign. The kingdom of God is one of radical inclusion, radical equality and utter fairness. And that is good news for the innocent victims in Ukraine, the sufferers of abuse and crime, and all those here tonight who've tried to maintain the faith through difficult circumstances. This king will bring justice. Finally, Isaiah foresees that all that's been said so far will be achieved through the greatest of loves. Indeed, the reign of this new king will be defined by love. Isaiah finishes his prophecy, The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Zeal is a word for great love. It is a word for passionate intent, a longing so great it spurs us into drastic and immensely practical action. That is how God loves us, all of us, with a holy zeal. This new king would come into the world because of God's great love for us. That's why Jesus was prepared to step down from the throne room to the manger. That's why Jesus was prepared to go to the cross. That's why one day he's coming back to put all things right. It's because of the zeal of the Lord. The great love of God for all that he has made. So here we are then. At the end of 2022. A time of great transition for our nation. We're waiting for the reign of a new king to begin in full. Some of us are unsure as to what Charles will be like, but none of us really expect him to solve the world's problems. Yet at the same time, we wait for a new king who will do that. We wait with assurance and hope. 700 years after Isaiah spoke these words, God did exactly what he said he would. The child was born and he sent his son. And we can be certain that he will keep his promise and send Jesus as king again. When Jesus began his reign 2,000 years ago, he showed us what the kingdom of God will be like. It will be a place of peace, security, justice and love. We don't have to wait until his return to experience those things. We can know them today. We just need to invite this new king to set up throne in our hearts. If we do, hope will come in the gloom, light in the deepest darkness. But when our new king does come, 
we can be sure that peace, security, justice and love will be all there is. The coronation of Jesus on earth will be the greatest day in history and it will change the world forever. Many in the UK are preparing to celebrate the arrival of a new king. Let's make sure we are prepared to welcome Jesus with joy and gladness.